It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. This is the No Holds Barred Radio Network. Check us out at nhbradio.com. nhbradio.com. The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of the No Holds Barred Radio Network and its management. Introducing Chris Master, Derek Stark, and Bad Billy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Gentlemen, it is good to be back after a week's absence. Welcome to Outlaw Radio. I'm your host, Bad Billy, one of your hosts. One of our hosts uh, will be joining us a little bit later. In fact, he'll, of course, uh, the interview today is pre-recorded, so and he joined me for that. But Derek is currently in Florida right now, but uh, Chris is here. He's on time. Thank God. What's going on, man? And one job! Yeah, uh, I am the Master Chris Master. Yeah, Derek's uh, having fun uh, trying to, still trying to find a woman to lose his virginity to down in Florida. And because he's not here, I can make that joke. (laughs) Oh, yeah, just just like when you're not here, I play Dolly Parton's Titty Sweat. Yeah, well, uh, of course, when he hears the playback, he's probably going to call me an ass, which, hey, I'll deserve it. So, <laughs> Yeah, true. That's kind of ironic, though. He's where Disney World is, and last week I was in Disneyland, and we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about that. God, I'm trying to figure out what's more annoying. It's a small world or the tiki, 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 tiki song. What? Wait, what? The uh, it's a small world was that uh, never mind. I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna. Go, I, I had a good joke plan, but I'm I'm not gonna. Oh, go. shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> it really is a small world after all. <laughs> now I'll I'll just put it out there. I went on that stupid ride twice. <laughs> Wait, did you volunteer or was it by force? It was kind of like, let's do this as a family. Oh, those are the worst. 
And the family family ride is always the worst. I mean, well, yeah. Now, now Splash Mountain I didn't appreciate because I didn't know what I was in for. I don't like getting my clothes all wet, and I didn't know I was going to get a soak from head to toe. That's the best part. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean uh, now I've never been to the Disneyland one, but I've been to Walt Disney World plenty of times. I need to go back at some point. But um, I've been like five times. And I rode Splash Mountain, and, uh, I think three or four of those times. And let me just say, I went the first time I ever went on it, I ended up going twice. And I wanted to sit in the front seat each time. Well, now it's a, if I was properly dressed, I wouldn't have minded. You should have known that if you go to Disneyland, you should know that you're going to ride Splash Mountain. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, if, what do you go to Disney? I mean, seriously. Did you, the, if you want to go and be born and look at stuff, you could go to Epcot. There, people don't mind. But Magic Kingdom, come on. No, no, there's Star Tours. Now, that's fun. Oh, they had that crap there now? Well, yeah, what's wrong with that? I mean, uh, we're talking the, the Star Wars rides, and they uh, actually put it at warp speed or something close to it, and that's a lot of fun. I, Star Wars, I, I stopped caring for when Disney bought it because I knew that a lot of it was going to be pussified in it. And, yeah. Well, that's... Why would you kill off uh, Harrison Ford? Uh, hey, he wanted his character to be killed off. He helped plan it. Fuck. He wanted his character killed off in Return of the Jedi. Well, in what was what was the sixth movie? Um, the, I forgot. The and then the seventh movie, um, The Force Awakens. No, the one before that. Uh, Return of the Jedi. I thought it was The Empire Strikes Back. No, that was the fifth one. Oh, okay. Well, Return yeah. of the Jedi. That that was that would have been a good place to end it. And so, originally, after the third movie, after the first third, after the Revenge of the Sith, or whatever, or I think I think that's what it was. Revenge of the Sith, the third one. Yes. Yes. Okay. After that, you know. Uh, George Lucas said there was only supposed to be six movies. Where the fuck did did the statement, oh, there's originally supposed to be nine movies, come from? Where the fuck did that come from? I don't know. It's, uh, it's uh, somebody else bought it for, from him, and they've got to extend it on. But you know what, Chris? we got to get back to this uh, conversation because over the next hour, we've got uh, the interview that uh, Derek and I conducted with uh, Chris Bornman of the band Stoker. They're a new band up and coming out of Cape Town, South Africa. And I want to kick this interview off. Uh, first off, playing uh, the song they selected uh, for us to, for, to play first. It's called Hot Body Nobody. Interesting title. And uh, Chris and I will be back after the interview.
Bulldog Whiskey is an American bourbon blended with herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and many more. When they infuse great tasting herbs in their bourbon, they never expected to take away the whiskey burn and still leave the whiskey taste. So rather than adding extra sugar to make cold cock smooth, they simply added great tasting herbs from around the world, and the result is the easiest whiskey experience you've ever had. Take a cold cock shot to the mouth. Must be 21 to buy. Find them online at coldcockwhiskey.com. Cold cock whiskey reminds you to drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Never, ever do anything you wouldn't want to explain to a nurse in a busy emergency room. Mr. Holland, Mr. Holland, over here, over here. Ma'am, ma'am, please, keep it in your pants. Fillmore Voicemail allows people to engage in social networking through the exchange of voice messages without the need of utilizing a computer. For just $4.95 a month, get an announcement-only voicemail box with a Chicago, Illinois, USA phone number. Rewind, fast-forward, and volume controls during message playback. The ability to record 90-minute announcements by phone and access to a members-only website to upload audio from your computer directly to your box. For $12.95 a month, you'll get everything an announcement-only box comes with, plus message sending and receiving, instant messages, and many other social networking features. For $10 more per month, your box can have a nine-option tree-structured menu. 
For more information or to get your very own Fillmore voicemail box, call toll-free 1-866-4-GET-VMB. That's 1-866-443-8862. Or visit FillmoreVoicemail.com. Fillmore Voicemail, a service of Fillmore Productions. Are you ready to rock? Gangster presents Rockin' to Spring in Las Vegas, Nevada. Featuring Sick Puppy. Gemini Syndrome. And a turn more. Over 15 bands. A three-day rock and roll festival. Hosted by M. Resorts on Casino. April 28th through the 30th. Join Gangster. YourListen.com. RadioVegas.Rock. The Rockin' Comedy Show. And Ranked Up Live. For a three-day event you will never forget. Get your tickets at RockIntoSpring.com. That's RockIntoSpring.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Hot Body Nobody by Stoker. And with that said, I want to welcome Chris Borman, lead singer of Stoker. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me, buddy. I'm doing great. How are you, bud? Hey, I'm doing great as well. Yes, and uh, it's it's always great to, I mean, we have a lot of uh, American bands come on the show that are uh, independent and local, but it's it's always awesome to have, yeah. to have somebody from some somewhere else on the show. And of course, uh, I believe uh, you're you're either the, the I believe you're the fifth artist out of South Africa we had on this show. Thanks to Louise, big shout out oh, to awesome. her. Yes. Yeah. The ladies again. Absolutely. And uh, so <laughs> to to start out, what? For uh, for those that aren't familiar with uh, Stoker, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about Stoker? Cool, man. Yeah, so um, we're two separate brothers. Um, my brother plays the bass guitar, and then uh, our drummer Morgan and his brother, he plays the lead guitar. So we all live in Cape Town City, but uh, we come from small towns on the on the surrounding outskirts of Cape Town. And uh, all grew up listening to classic rock music, and then when we moved to town, we all got to know each other, and uh, and the magic happened. Started there. Yeah. Now that's what I you say classic rock, and when I when I listen to you, I hear a little bit of uh, Santana influence in there. But of course, uh, being in being in South Africa, where you are, we've had Francois von Koch on this show. We've heard. Well, hear a little yeah. bit of that influence as well. Um, so, sorry, the question is there a little bit of, of, of the local stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just hear so, I hear some of that influence too, a little bit uh, what may have inspired, you, inspired yeah. you a little bit from Francois Van Koch, if I'm not mistaken. I hear some uh, similarities. Definitely, definitely do. Um, when I was growing up, he was playing in a band called, obviously, Folk of Politica. And, um, and you know, that was like kind of our punk, if I can call it. You know, that was our breakaway from, you know, they represented a lot of stuff that 
you know, a lot of kids wanted to say and didn't have the voice. So I think um, in terms of, of, of the influence they had on us and, and, and me as a and Francho, especially the me as a vocalist, is definitely, you know, up there with all of the other influences. Um, and that's definitely, you know, that's the way for, for local acts to to play rock music and for it to be heard. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And, yeah, he told us all about the days of, uh, when he was uh, with uh, Folka Policia Car and, and what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Some co- some controversy he had to face in that time, too. He told us all about <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, look, it was, um, it, was pretty, it was pretty against what everyone else in this country was doing at the time. You know, very some very um, civil society, the Afrikaans community. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now, now, how long has Stoker been been around? Uh, when did you guys form? <laughs> well, um, we've been around for about it's about three and a half years, four years. Um. As a four of us, we did it um, as a three piece a little bit before before Morgan and Rich joined. But um, the four of us started really pushing the band, I'd say about 2013. Started playing all the local festivals and we did an EP just before we did um, the album, which we just released. So, yeah, I'd say we've been pushing for about three and a half, four years. Right on, right on, and, and uh, I I can't imagine. See, it it takes a it takes a lot of hard work, and sacrifice and dedication here in the U.S. and then in South Africa. I have to, yeah. I have to assume it even takes more. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I get the question quite a lot, and and people keep asking, you know, what is it about rock music that makes you want to carry on and you know, is attempting to write more pop songs or to go with a genre. But um, I think I think the cool aspect of it is that um, because we don't expect anything to come from it, we don't really write or you know follow a certain um, sort of formula to do what we want to do. We just if something comes from it, then. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but you know, first and foremost, we do it because this is all we want to do, and this is all we can do. We only know rock music, so um, there's not really any other way about it. But yes, in terms of hard work, um, we do have to do a lot more than you know, the local indie band and all of them to get people to hear your music. Yes, I completely understand that. Um, yeah. Uh, Derek, I'm going to turn it over to you. For... All right. Thank you. Uh, Chris, um, one of my, right. one of my questions that I normally throw is kind of a stumper of sorts to where it gets the artist to think. Now, my yeah. question for you is, who would Stoker love to do a duet with? 
one day. Mm -hmm. um, I think personally, I would love to do a duet with Neil Young. Um, and as a band, I think we'd do a pretty badass duet with uh, Robert Plant. Oh, there you go. Now, nice. Yeah, well, he was saying classic <laughs> rock. He wasn't kidding. There you go. Yes. Now, <laughs> what, one of your songs that uh, caught my attention a, li a little bit uh, mm. was... Uh, uh, Got to look back at it. <laughs> Transylvanian Summer. And I, 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 I think... Uh, yes. I think to the name Stoker, and I think to the author of Dracula, who was Bram Stoker. Is, is that That's where? Right. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so obviously that's where we got the inspiration for the for the band name, and um, and and yeah, Transylvania was, was obviously the inspiration for for most of the lyrics, and and you know the songs got. I don't know if you picked it up, but it's got quite a, a dark undertone and quite a, a scary melody to it, you know, with the harmonies and all of that in the chorus. So, yeah, that's definitely where it's coming from. Yeah, I, I find it to be a very interesting song and kind of... That's awesome. That's a lot. Absolutely. You know, as, as I listen to it, I kind of have shades of uh, Edgar Allan Poe in my head, too, a little bit, you know. Sorry, uh, just a little bit off. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I just, I just, uh, the signal is quite. I'm struggling a little bit here. Um, some of the exact words you were saying. Um, it reminds you of. Oh, uh, uh, classic uh, poet Edgar Allan Poe, the one who's known for all the dark poems and I... stories. Yes, yes. No, no, no. Absolutely. Alright. So so this this song alone, Transylvania Summer, what was the inspiration behind that song? Um well it was just um it's it's kind of um myself envying um um and Dracula in the in the song. Um I'm kind of like giving him praise for for a lot of the stuff he did and um, and yeah, it's just it's just got a a lot of um, dark references within. There's no specific storyline to it. It's just um, I didn't have this one specific thing that I was thinking about, but um, it's just got a lot of dark references to the, the story itself. You know, before I cue this song, I want to I want to say this, Chris. I I find it what I find very interesting is. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in South Africa, whether, you know, being uh, associated with the, the EFC, the e MMA fighting, um, you know. For, yes, yeah, awesome. Yes, you know, and 90% uh, of them have told me that there really isn't much, like like they don't really celebrate Halloween in South Africa, and there's, there's not really that much of the dark Gothic side in South Africa. And then, but yet I'm really seeing it in your music, especially uh, the t the titles to a lot of your songs, like Evil Shaker, um, you know, uh, Bloodstains, My Jekyll, Your Wolf. Uh, 
know, yeah. I I really I really catch that gothic side. Is that is that something that really catches your attention a lot? <laughs> it's funny you say that, and I don't think um, that was specifically um, the thinking behind a lot of the tracks. And it's definitely, there's definitely going to come a lot of that's going to come through. Um, you know, um, Morgan, our drummer, is a big Black Sabbath fan, and we listen to a lot of Unnoted. So, so you know, a lot of the references and tracks and track names will have um, will have a dark tone to it. Um, but I don't think there's, there's a lot of specific thinking about having it go in a gothic direction or anything like that. But, but having said, we try and not write music that, um, that uh, you know, we want to we keep it first in most of our songs. And, and that's kind of been in the formula from the get-go. Interesting. Well, without any further ado, I want to go ahead and cue Transylvanian Summer. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, joined by Chris Bornman of Stoker. And uh, Chris, now as I, as I've already stated, I've uh, you're you're the fifth South African artist I've had here on Outlaw Radio, but uh, o- only two of them yeah. that have been here on the show uh, really uh, do really do their songs in Afrikaans, uh, but. Uh, do you ever do you ever do any of your songs in 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 Afrikaans or have you have you sang in Afrikaans or is that something you'd consider in the future? <laughs> um, that's quite funny to ask you that. And you've mentioned that you spoke to French and and they, they basically they were the first Afrikaans act to make the language sound cool. Um, but um, but but as a band, I don't think so. I think you know, French is still a lot of it by by some way it does, and and I think people will want to make a reference to make rock music and to birds and talk to But then you know, we definitely want to talk to a, a wider audience, and we want to always be able to um, appeal to an international market. So so no, not really. We're not gonna. Unfortunately. So you're basically just going to stick with the standard English language. Yes. Yes. A, that was actually going to be. A two- all. What's that? No, no, no. So we all are um, first language Afrikaans speaking gents. Yes. We, if, if you are going to dare us, we'll probably be able to pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that that was actually going to be a two part question because I was I was going to ask you since there's like eleven different languages in South Africa, I mean Afrikaans, English, of course, and then Zulu, Kosa, uh, others that I can't even pronounce. But uh, would yes, better than this. Would would you would you ever uh, incorporate it? Would you ever think of incorporating a song with that? That would have lyrics uh, from uh, from a few of these different languages, perhaps. Dude, I would love to do that. Um, we um, we actually do have a, quite a bit of a um, uh, a great you know um, scene and catch on with. It's it's a lot of different genres that are okay with playing together. You know, I think a lot of scenes or or, or bands want to stick to the same genre when they play live, but but I think Kaito's got such a diverse style to it that you know that's definitely something will would be awesome to do. Yeah, um, yeah. If the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent too. And you know, 
get getting back to uh you know the style of music and uh, the kind of the the dark the darkness uh however you want to put it to i think it definitely uh makes yeah. your your band more original since you know i already mentioned like they don't really celebrate halloween there you know or anything like anything like that you know that they don't in embrace the horror movies or cultures at least very few people do in your country from what i understand anyway yeah 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 no no you put it on the spot i mean is um this is something that you know celebrated yes um because a lot safer a lot safer than over there so um so i think and, and especially the the um the african genres it's it's you know it's, it's music that's mainly written happy in, in major chords. So um, so you know you've got to be thinking there if if we can kind of incorporate other uh, genres from this continent that would actually be super interesting. So yeah, that can come from that. All right, all right, Derek, your turn. <laughs> all right, now the band Stoker is on tour, you have three opening slots ahead of you. Who would you give those opening slots to and why? It can be anybody past or present in any genre you want. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I think, first and foremost, I'd have to take one of our local bands for the um, which uh, we've actually had the purpose of playing with, but it's, you know, and especially for what they did for for Stoke as a band and, and the opportunities that they presented to a lot of local bands. I'm have to have them on there. Um, I'm going to say Motorhead, just because you know, he represents everything that a rock musician um, loves and, and, and lifestyle. Um, and third, I'm going to have to go with William Stanage. Oh, there you um, go. Certainly, my favorite. And and someone that's still going, so that'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. That that there you go. You got you, you have an interesting uh, you have an interesting lineup right there. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no cool, man. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, both, because uh, uh, Francois has been on the show, as I've mentioned, and so has uh, Jack Perrow. Uh, both of those guys have had the opportunity to travel outside of South Africa to go to Europe and a few other places uh, to to record as well. Have you had that opportunity, or has ever, everything been done in South Africa this far? Yeah, so far, um, we've only played in, in South Africa. We've played in and Victoria and all the major cities, but um, that's definitely something obviously we'd love to do. Um, but uh, the opportunity hasn't presented itself as of yet. Um, you know, it is quite a, an expensive trip for a South African brand earning person to try and get there, you know, without, without a lot of support financially from labels or from a booking former. Um, publicist or anything like that, you know. So uh so it's only been South Africa. 
Yes. But of course, you've got uh you've got Louise in your corner now and uh yeah, she, you, you know she, she's going to she's going to get you to the next step most definitely. No, no, definitely. I mean, we've already started working with her from this album and, um, you know, the amount of work that she's put in and the rewards that we've, that we've uh, gotten from working with her is, is amazing. It's, it's a no-brainer for any band to work with someone that's got all those skills and all the contacts and all the knowledge of, of how to really make it in the music industry. Now, um, have you received a radio play uh, within South Africa as well now? Um, well, we, we launched our first single on radio, which is uh, probably the biggest one yet in, in South Africa. And we were lucky enough to, to get onto their rock show just to launch the song. But in terms of playlisting, um, it's always going to be tricky in South Africa as you know, everyone, all the stations, it needs to be catchy and it needs to be poppy and it needs to be um, appealing to all the audiences that listen to the radio stations. So, so we haven't had too much luck with that yet. Um, obviously, the, the local radio stations will play at the student stations and some of the online stuff, but at the commercial stations, we haven't really had any luck yet. Well, the time it, it's coming. It, it's coming. And like I said, with, with with Louise, who's already working with somebody as big as uh, as Francois, that that's got that's got to mean a lot, right there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, it, it's, it's a matter of time before we. Um, get our stuff out there, you know, we just got to be patient and, and keep doing what we believe in, which is write the best music that we possibly can. Absolutely. And um, I think it's, it's you know, the, um, the one cool thing about the band is that we don't, like I said a bit earlier, we don't follow a specific formula or, you know, there's a lot of people who have approach you and say, oh, this is how you need to write a song to become famous artist or to make it in the music industry but um, you know you want to stay true to to you know what, what we believe in and, and, and if the music we write does make it out there and does make it on the radio then then also must be if we want to do it our way and stay true to to our musical abilities and influences absolutely now I want to cue another one of your songs here in just a minute um Evil Shaker, you've had some success with that song. So, so uh, please uh, tell us a little bit about that song and the inspiration behind that one. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so, so Evil Shaker is actually um, it's, it's part two. The, the original song was a single we released, um, and basically, in, in this song, I just I kind of I write a lot about my personal stuff in, in, in third person. So, um, you know, this was just referring to a lot of things or how I felt in, in high school about certain situations and how I feel about it now. And, and um, yeah, just, you know, telling the story of how 
in your perception of certain stuff, cultures and religion, a lot of that things. Not necessarily changes, but, but the way you think about them and, and you know, not just accept everything that's told to you. Um, yeah, so um, the evil shaker is uh, it was actually just an extension of, of the first one, which um, which we released a couple of years ago. So it, it's basically uh, shaking off, basically the, the message is just shaking off the evil of your past and moving forward, basically, is what I'm yeah. understanding. Yeah, yeah, 100% spot on. All right. That's, uh, that was the thinking on the All right. Well, without any further ado, I want to go ahead and cue Evil Shaker. <laughs> Yeah. 
All right. We are back, joined once again by Chris Bornman, lead singer of Stoker out of South Africa. Now, Chris. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> now, Chris, how has the uh, support been from uh, family and friends ever since you started the band? <laughs> That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, so, so like I said in the beginning, we all come from small towns and small communities. So um, growing up in a very controlled environment, I think that um, when we started the band, the, the folks were a little bit um, suspicious of what exactly is going on. But uh, you know, as soon as, as your family and friends realize that it was everything to you, that support basically becomes, um, you know, natural for them. And um, just in terms of this album, the support's been really great from all our friends and family and, um, you know, financial support here and there. So um, we're very lucky to have them all on our side. Now, over the years, as you've been performing in... uh local venues or whether you've been to uh, big venues what is uh, some of the craziest one of the craziest uh, things you you've ever seen while you were on stage performing hmm. dude I'm, I'm actually i just spoke to someone about it last week we um we got um so in south africa i'd say the biggest festival is probably that's from so I'm there from Jack Bowers sold me as, as, as Opie Coffee Festival. And um and we, we managed to to get a Friday night eight o'clock slot last year, or two years ago. And um and midway through the first song my guitar strap came loose and fell off and um, and it was blood spraying for the opening work, which is a very uh, guitar riff driven song. Um so I awkwardly managed to Somehow get through that song, and in between verses and bridges, I would just like swing the guitar back up under my arm, and then it would gradually go down again until I get another chance and another bridge to swing it back up. But the crowd thought it was pretty funny, so I think I managed to pull it off. Uh, Derek, we hear a new story every time we I ask that question, don't we? <laughs> we we have heard. <laughs> So many different stories about what happens. It's just like, oh my god, just so many, so many the top. You know, it seems like everyone that we hear tops the last one we've heard. <laughs> no, I think yeah, my mind was. What's that? Hey? Go ahead. No, no, no. I said mine, mine is pretty safe in terms of rock and roll. I and mean, there's no um, jumping or falling off any amps or jumping into a mic stand or anything like that, as of yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Derek, you got it. All right. Now, Chris, now, has the band Stoker had the chance to ever tour or play in the United States yet, or even uh, Germany or England or Canada or Mexico? 
you'll see that that's an, that's an absolute dream for the band. Um, we actually haven't toured outside of South Africa. Um, it, it really is a bit tricky with our situation with the land compared to most of the European countries in the States. So, um, so no, we haven't we haven't done it yet, but it's it's an absolute dream and something we won't stop until we do eventually come visit you guys over there. Right on. Nice. Now, have you had the opportunity to open for big acts that have came to Johannesburg or Cape Town or Durban, such as, you know, big acts, whether they be from Europe, Australia, or here in the U.S., you know, like, have you had the opportunity to, to open for any of them? Like, uh, Jack Perrow, he's open for Eminem. Yeah, no, and, and both the guys you spoke to, Fonsha and Jack, are open for for much of the international acts that have been down here, and then and it's happening more and more, We're getting more of the big acts to come down. So, um, so now we have, we haven't actually opened for any of the big international guys, and we actually have a picture down next week. So that's also still a dream we'd love to and achieve. Of course, uh, oh no, I I know, I didn't ask this uh, when when Franswell was on, but to how often does Seether make their way back home to to play for their home crowd? Well, you see quite often. Um, I remember I, I'm a manager at a, at a bar that Sean really likes hanging out at. So um, whenever they're down there, he comes with his bodyguard and they. And have a couple of drinks and we have a couple of chats in Afrikaans. But um but but lately they haven't been coming down quite so much. Um you know a lot of stuff's changing in terms of what what exactly the local peeps listen to and the music scene is is playing isn't that appealing to um, to the local kids anymore, which is really sad for someone like me. Um but um, but I'm sure we'll see them soon and have another couple of drinks and chats in Afrikaans. Now, Chris, I, I have a serious question here for you because, uh, as you stated earlier, um, all, all the band members are Stokers. Your first language is Afrikaans, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, the. Uh, the unfortunate downside to the rest of the world is that Afrikaans is uh, the official language of apartheid, which when somebody says that, I think that's bullshit because seriously, do you, when you hear somebody speaking German, does that make them a Nazi? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but but you, you have Francois and Jack Perrow doing their music in Afrikaans and bringing the language into a, a whole nother light, like uh, when uh, Jack Farrell came out with uh, Afrikaans' Do It, and he explained the whole thing of uh, what that song was all about, meaning that uh, our language is not about apartheid. You know, so when... Yeah. Do, do you feel, as, a, as an Afrikaner, that uh, basically that, that sheds more light and erases a lot a lot of the ignorance that people may have about uh, Afrikaners? Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a sort of, um, you know, it's a, it's a terrible time 
for for everyone involved in the country and um, and still still do that. You know, it, I think um, it's still very real in terms of a lot of parts of this country haven't really moved on. So um, so I can understand why a lot of people would think or feel you know that Africana hasn't really um, moved on or a lot of them. But 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 I must say where we live in the UK town is a very open society and and we're lucky enough to to be able to, you know, have close speaking or Zulu speaking people. Um and um, and I and I think it's it's slowly but surely, you know, we finding we finding uh, we finding that that the Africana person isn't frowned upon or doesn't get you know, the bad attention that it used to. Um yeah, but that, but that, but I mean that's that's personally how I feel. I think um, I think it's a, a lot of that, a lot of what happened, you know, also in some way make us feel a little bit guilty that um, but you know we weren't directly involved and we never stood for it. But um, but no, I don't think Afghans specifically makes me feel um, weird in any way with regards to that. I like that answer. I like that answer. All right. And uh, Derek, uh, go go ahead and go with the the, the one question that uh, you always love to ask. All right, Chris. Now towards the uh, towards the end of the interview, I always ask, uh, what advice could you give, or would you give, to somebody that wants to like an up in like a nineteen or twenty year old that comes to you asking for advice when he or she wants to front their own band or start their own band, what advice could you give them? Hmm, good question. Um, I think um, for, for any aspiring musician or anyone who wants to start a band, yeah, I think a big mistake I made was trying to just, you know, to, to sound too much like your influence or trying to, to write for a specific a specific song based on certain um, you know structures or formulas. I think um, I think you know if you influence other music you listen to, then then you just need to be honest and, and write whatever comes up. And you know it might not it might not write ten terrible songs and you know, one awesome song, but gradually I think as you grow as a musician that becomes a little bit easier and, and you start to develop your own sound. So I think just from the get-go, um, be okay with, with the shitty songs because that's all part of the journey to be able to write an awesome uh, an album that everyone would listen to and that you can be proud of. Right on. Right on. Right. My, my final question is, uh, say, talk... Hmm. Talking about uh, touring, where in the world would you like to see yourself perform? Anywhere in the world, what is that dream stage for Stoker? Oh, dude, I think I think I think the ultimate stadium would be Wembley, obviously. <laughs> um, I remember I remember watching the Foo Fighters live at Wembley. DVD and it, and it just you know it looks like the ultimate arena and dream 
place to play um, in this stadium. But but I think, you know, for what we've done so far, the realistic dream would be to do a, a European, you know, maybe a Germany or, or Netherlands um, tour and do the club gigs, um, which will, if that's the only thing we do on the tour, that, that will also be really awesome for us just to be able to play our music to a different audience and in a different country. Absolutely. Derek, how many times have we heard Wembley? <laughs> I've we've we've heard that at least around we've heard that at least ten to twenty times at least. Yeah. We asked somebody that and that's one of the first answers is Wembley. In that case I'm changing it to the O two arena. <laughs> ah. Yeah, that that's a big, big venue in London. Uh Billy, I yeah. think we've actually, I think we've actually heard a couple of people say the Q2 Arena. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, O2 Arena, yeah, yeah. O2 Arena, yep, yep. I'll think, I'll think of something original. Uh, <laughs> now it's a, it's, it's a big venue, and I can see why. So, all right. Well, yeah. You. Yeah, that's all the questions I have, Chris. I want to go ahead and give you this opportunity to uh, give yourself a. A plug there. Tell the tell the listeners where they can find Soaker on social media, where they can find your music, all that good stuff. Sorry, Billy, if you could just repeat that question time last in the beginning. Oh, no problem, no problem. I just I just said uh, you know that we're getting ready to wrap this up here. Uh, tell the listeners where they can find Stoker, where they can uh, find you on social media. Uh, where they can find your music, all that good stuff. Yeah, dude, I can um, to, uh, to everyone that listened in the last half an hour or so. Um, thanks for giving us and African people a chance to play our music and let it get heard in the States. Um, but yeah, they can find it on all the social media platforms, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, we on Deezer, we on Apple Music, you can buy the album on iTunes, unfortunately. We don't have any hard copies anywhere else in the world at Cape Town, but for the time being. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm hoping a lot of people will be able to join our journey and, and listen to, to the music we make in the future. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I really appreciate your time here on the show. I want to wish you and Stoker the best of luck in your future endeavors. I, I really hope you make it stateside because uh, I think you guys deserve it. So, well, th- thank you very much for your time. Billy and Derek, thank you so much for having me, dude. Um, really appreciate it. And um, we'll, uh, we'll make sure everyone in Cape Town is in Africa. Um, we'll love you guys. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I make it down to Cape Town. We'll have to have a shot of whiskey. <laughs> we can have a bottle if that's all right with you. Yeah, that works for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, dude. Thank you so much, man. All right. And so we're going we're gonna to hit our first music set. We got five songs by Stoker. When we come back, we got News of the Weird. 
You are listening to Outlaw Radio on the No Holds Barred Radio Network, where if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother.
Tired of trolls telling you all kinds of crazy junk? Tired of people posting incessant comments that are so annoying? Look no further than Stereo Dust Particles All New. Wise Water 5000. It slices spammers. It dices dork sims. And it toasts trolls. And all the kills like that. Only $29.95 at your local SDP store. Stereo Dust Particles. The Stereo Store is a whole lot more.
Broadcasting awaits you. If you've ever dreamed of being a radio disc jockey, newscaster, sportscaster, or production director, this is one of those rare times in history where positive change is waiting for you. American Broadcasting School Incorporated, one of the most successful and best-known broadcasting institutions of its kind, presents your window of opportunity now. Now, you can train in fully equipped broadcast studios with instructors evaluating your on-air assignments as you do them. Assistance upon graduation. This is a nationally accredited institution that's ready to help you take your first steps into your new future. There has never been a more exciting time to be in the world of broadcasting, and financial aid is available for those who qualify. American Broadcasting School, the number one way of entering broadcasting for over 33 years. You're just a phone call away from the career you've always dreamed of. Hey there. If you love your rock and talk, raw, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored, and unpussified, check out the Jay and Brody Show with hosts Jay 
and Brody Z every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Asgard Radio and replayed every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Hard Rock Radio Network. Two average Joes get together, drink up, engage in witty banter and talking, and play the best in 80s, 90s, and 2000s metal, grunge, new wave, punk ska, and alternative music. Anything goes. You can also listen on demand and contact the show at jbrodyshow.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Jay and Brody Show. What more needs to be said? Monster Energy Sports Rock returns to Chesley Park, April 29th and 30th, with Jeff Leppard. Soundgarden. With a perfect circle, The Offspring, Maxidon, Chevelle, Hoppa Roche, Cedar, Three Days Grace, Alter Bridge, The Pretty Reckless, and more. Sports Rock. 25 bands, two days of non-stop rock and roll. Tickets are on sale now. Go to FortRockFestival.com for all your tickets and more. At EFC 58. The lightweight champion, American Dave Mazzani, will defend his title against Cape Town favorite, Don Madge. Will the pain train's dominance continue inside the hexagon, or will the magic man finally get his hands back on EFC gold? Plus, the former interim bantamweight champion, Ishad Syed, will aim to set the crowd alight against the electrifying showman. Tumisong, Matuba, EFC 58, Saturday, 8th April, Grand West, Cape Town. Tickets and broadcast information at EFCWorldwide.com. You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Derek Stark, and Bad Billy on the No Holds Barred Radio Network. All right, fuck this shit. You fuck. fuck the fucking shit. <laughs> fuck shit. Fuck. <laughs> With Derek gone, I had to do that. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to do that. <laughs> Welcome back to Outlaw Radio. Great interview by Stoker out of South Africa. May they have the best of success in their uh, young career. What you just heard were five songs by Stoker topping off the set uh, was Bloodstains. Before that, Speed Night, then A Feast, Get Lost in This, and then starting the set off was Radio Come Down. And about this time, uh, we usually do uh, combat sports discussion, but we're going to reverse that because, Chris, uh, I suppose you have all the stories ready. Oh, yeah, I got, and we got some doozies this week. Oh, boy, so let's hit it. It's time for News of the Weird. This is Outlaw Radio. News of the Weird. I'm, I'm something. And the and all right, so 
you've seen uh all right. You've seen, you know, snakes do weird things, right, Billy? Uh, oh, no, I try to avoid snakes. I don't like them. Well, an Indonesian farmer w- got swallowed whole by a python, may have agitated the giant serpent by striking it first. Now, uh, somebody with a weird name uh, who's a reptile expert from the Indonesian Institute of Sciences told Dedic.com that snakes only attack or prey on humans if disturbed or attacked. Some people think all snakes are dangerous. They get shocked and scared, then try to catch or kill the snake. And then an accident like this happens. Well, the twenty well, a twenty five year old went missing uh last Sunday night on the island of Sulawesi when he left to harvest palm oil in a remote village. He was found Monday inside a 23-foot-long python. When, he was, um, when a search party spotted the dead man's outline in the engorged beast. Um, uh, the secretary of Salubiro Village in West Sulawesi Province said, um, that has a weird name that I'm not going to try and pronounce, said, when his stomach was cut, we first saw his boot and legs near the neck. So he was swallowed head first. Yes. Wow. It seems he was attacked from behind because we found a wound on his back. And I, and there's a video with this. And uh, and I'm not going to, and I'm pretty sure you already saw it, and I'm not going to send you the story because well, if this was posted I'm, on Twitter, it would, it would not end well. We would get lots of letters. I already posted it on Twitter. So. Shit. All right. Well, anyways. Um, if you decide to take your life in your hands and see the video, you will see the guy, you won't see the guy's face, but you will see the guy basically covered in goo and yeah. So, you know what? You, you press the envelope now. I got to do this. Oh no. Warning graphic content. Wow. Yeah. That's a Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. How often do, I, I bet you people are struck by lightning more often than this shit happens. Yeah. I mean, I am wondering how that python swallowed that person. Well, I I would imagine he either had to uh, break the guy's neck or uh, suffocate suffocate him or something before eating him. I mean, how he got past like the shoulders and all that. Oh my God! Come on. Hey. 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 
that the snake was no more alive afterwards. Well, yeah, after they had to gut the snake to get the man out of him. No, not before then. I bet you that snake, no. I bet you that snake was dead after eating. I don't know. They they have a pretty big appetite. It wasn't able to move. It wouldn't have been able to move for a few years. I know that much. <laughs> I mean, geez. Wow. And, but um, moving on to less weird, uh, it, it's more, well, it gets a little stranger, but not disgusting. Oh, boy. What have we got? All right. So I, now I had to share this from uh, the Jay and Brody Show's Facebook page. Um, and, you know, if it's from them, you know, it's hilarious. Um, they are, there is apparently a new trend that I did not know about where apparently it has, it's, it's gone viral, but it, you've heard, but, um, girls have been chugging Mountain Dew with their buttholes. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm, uh, it says here on this website, and I quote, I love new trends. I try and get in on them all. I think I'm going to be seeing this one out. I can't see any positive to this situation. One, you're getting soda in your butt. Why? For a caffeine high, sugar rush, dumb. And two, that stuff has to come back out eventually. Not fun. And there's a picture. Uh, it, now, it's not gra- well. Depends on what you def- define graphic, but it doesn't show any naughty parts. But it shows one girl with a so- with a bottle uh, looks like to be Deer Park water, but apparently it was filled with Mountain Dew, and um, and it was upside down and apparently stuck in some girl's booty hole of a girl doing a handstand with. Two words written across both of her thighs, and you could see the bottle clearly going in. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna send this. I've already got it. <laughs> okay, you already got it. All right, yeah. let's yeah. take a look at this video here because I, I got to see this for myself. All right, so I'm watching the video. This girl's getting up on her hands and knees. I muted the sound. Oh my! Oh Lord! It must be pretty bad. Uh, whoa! I've I've heard. I mean, I've heard of the time when Stevo chugged beer, but damn. Okay. Okay. I, I, now I've got to mute the sound and see this shit for myself. Okay. I see. I see the handstand. Okay. The, there's the video. Okay. Gosh. Where what makes people do this shit? <laughs> I am wondering if alcohol was involved. Alcohol had to be involved. Alcohol, ecstasy, what marijuana couldn't have been cuz some... <laughs> bunnies were also involved. What the but... fuck? <laughs> or cheerleaders actually. Well, well, girls wearing a cheerleader outfit that kind of explains some of it. Um, <laughs> I, oh Lord. Anyways, speaking of bunnies, that kind of feeds into this next uh, story. 
Oakland Raiders fans may be sad about the team's move to Las Vegas, but it may give them more chance to score off the field than ever before. Dennis Hoff, who already owns six brothels in Nevada, is now planning to open a seventh, this one with a Raiders theme. The brothel, tentatively titled Pirate's Booty, is scheduled to open in 2020. That, That is just cheesy. Around the same time, the Raiders move into their new stadium in Sin City, according to the Las Vegas Sun. Prostitution is legal in some counties in Nevada, but not in Vegas. No, so, I live I live there. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So fans who want to get their backfields in motion will have to drive 90 miles to Crystal, which is also home to another Hoff brothel, the Love Ranch South. Hoff said in a press release, I've had a license for a seventh brothel near Las Vegas for some time now but I was waiting for the right time to launch another house of debauchery. The Raiders coming to Vegas will mean big business for me. So my next sex den will honor the men in black in their Raider nation. I am so glad that they that they are not calling it men in back. Anyways, to support the team, Hoff promised that players and team staff would get a 50% discount on all sex parties they hold at the brothel. Lord. I can I can just imagine it now. Tonight on the 10 o'clock news, two players from the Raiders were caught with their pants down. Film at 11. Off also said the VIP section will be exclusively available to Raiders players and other high-profile athletes. And told the Huffington Post he planned for the sex workers on staff to be dressed like Raiders cheerleaders. HuffPost reached out to the Raiders, who did not respond to inquiries about Hoff's offer. You think? However, Hoff may want to think rethink branding his brothel too close to the Raiders, warned San Diego-based mark, based trademark attorney T.C. Johnson. Johnson told HuffPost, since the Raiders are a famous brand, they likely have dilution and tarnishment rights, which means they could argue that having a brothel associated with the brand might tarnish its image. He said, so a brothel using the Raiders brand for profit would be an almost too cute TV plot case. Hoff concedes there may be issues with trademark infringement, but is okay with it. He told HuffPost, we're damn sure going to have some fun with it. I can't wait for the cease and desist letter. We're not taking Derek there, Billy. I don't care what. People say we could take him to the Love Bunny Ranch or whatever it's called, but we're not taking him to Raiders Ranch or whatever. <laughs> we're not taking Derek there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Derek. I know we told you we'd take you to a brothel. Just not that one. Um, And Dr. Pimple Popper, a.k.a. dermatologist Sandra Lee, headlined her Sunday surgery post, Is this guy growing onions in his back? We thought the Internet Queen of Zit Extraction was exaggerating, but no. And there, and um, I almost forgot to send you that previous message, that previous story there. All right, there you go. Um, and how? And I'm gonna go ahead and send you this one. There's a video with it um, that showed uh, Dr. Lee remove an epidermoid cyst from a dude's back and. Noted how just how much it resembles an onion. Lee also noted that it could be garlic too. 
Um, now, all right, so I'm, I hit the play button. It said to skip all the small talk, go to the four minute mark. All right, I'm going and doing that. All right, they're open. Oh my God, they're opening the skin up. Why don't they just go ahead and pop it and then just squeeze? That's just more interesting. Uh, isn't that the proper way to do it? Um, I've seen a lot of YouTube videos where the pop and squeeze method was perfectly good, but this is also good too. Well, oh man, did, oh. Did we happen to forget though that we live in a society where common sense is in no longer any existence? Oh my, and she and that person just snipped it, snipped it right out. Ooh. What? Holy mac! Oh Lord! All right. Now that she got the pocket out, she needs to cut it open and show what it. I mean that that's the point, whole point of any YouTube video like this shit. Oh, All right. Forget forget closing it up. But I mean, yeah, there is quite a hole there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some of the final snip snips there of the pocket all right for those of you that are wondering i used to watch these quite regularly i used to be that weird guy that would go to the strange sections of youtube that's fucking gross (laughs) hey i've seen worse oh yeah yeah you you actually watched two girls one cup yeah and two girls one finger Against my will, but I watched it. And uh, just as long as I had to laugh to keep from throwing up. Well, just as long as you didn't watch Three Men One Hammer, because there's nothing about that video that's even remotely funny. I did not want. I I did not. I never even heard of that, and I don't want to watch. Well, I'll just uh, take a. A brief moment to explain that one. And uh, for anybody listening out there, I'm telling you right now, do not. You don't want to see this video because three men and one hammer are uh, two kids. Okay. I'm wondering if I, let me, let me, let me guess what happens. Do they pound their nuts with a hammer? It's no, it's nothing like that. It's, and it's nothing. It's not funny at all. Mm. What it is, is two kids. The, and that uh, practiced with animals, the oh, art uh, of no. murder. They put, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't. No more. No more. Yeah. Well, no. it, yeah. So it was. it's just basically a brutal murder is what that is. Fuck. Now uh, let's get back to the funny shit. Yeah. Um, well, here's something weird. I typed into Google News of the Weird. And and come and and things you might also want to look at, you know, that you know how Google it also shows alternate things like what's in the images and news on the front search page. You know how it does that. Now, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Well, I type in news of the weird, and pictures of George W. Bush come up. <laughs> Let me see this for a second. I I don't know if it'll come up for you, 
But I type in news of the weird, and some pictures of George W. Bush come up. You know, I just got to put this out there, too. Uh, you remember we talked last year, or like uh, the, the second show we had on uh, Danny California, and we played, uh, oh, I'll... I don't see pictures of Bush. I just I see a picture of a two-headed baby and <laughs> uh, other things. No, but uh, Danny California would always put it out there on the shout wall. If you Google William George Painter Octagon, you're gonna there are pictures of me are gonna show up, and your people are gonna see how ugly I am, and they'll get all my information. So I googled William George Painter Octagon, and all I see is pictures of old art. <laughs> let me see. Let me see here. Let me see. William George Painter Octagon. Um, let's see. William George Gillies, the Civil Engineer and Architects Journal. Oh uh, no! You just go to images though. William George Painter yeah. Octagon, and all you're going to find is pictures of art. Yeah, I just see pictures of art. I don't see any pictures of you. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> wow. <laughs> Going to and and they were very insistent on it too. Just pro- just further proving how stupid they are. I'm like, go ahead. All you're going to see is pictures of art, old paintings. Ma- yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I mean the one that shows that. Okay, um, I, I had to enlarge it because there's one that shows what looks like a, a man in a girl's dress with a mustache, but then I just enlarged the picture, and it turns out it was a she eating some fruit. But um, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I'm getting an image right now in my head of Billy with... Um, you know those uh, painters that have that um, oh what's it a beret, a French beret on? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine Billy doing that and looking totally ridiculous. But uh, uh, there's only one way I'd wear a beret, and that's if I was in the military and it go with my uniform, and that's it. Yep. Oh, man. But anyway, back to the news. Here's something you don't see every day. Video captured a massive king cobra appearing to drink out of a man's water bottle amid extreme droughts across southern India. The extremely venomous reptile, described by Catter's News as 12 feet long, is seen turning to the higher-ups, who cautiously pour the water while holding its tail and a hook near its head, presumably, presumably in case it turns on them, and tries to eat them. The, the people in the video are wildlife rescue workers, according to Caters. The video was reportedly shot from a village in Kaiga Township. A similar video uploaded to YouTube in 2014 shows a man sharing a drink with another cobra, but in an unknown location. Smith, according to Smithsonian's Natural, National Zoo, king cobras can grow up to 18 feet in length. Though they're considered to be aggressive snakes, they are said to attack people only when cornered or trying to protect their eggs. The zoo's website states, Throughout its entire range from India to Indonesia, King Cobra causes fewer than five human deaths a year, about one-fifth as many as caused by rattlers in North America. Apparently, one death can be contributed because a guy was swallowed. 
<laughs> no, in, that would be Indonesia. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm looking at the video right now, and I saw a video similar. Um, I saw the same video, but in a, at a different angle on Facebook. And I'm looking at this, at the video, and I am just amazed. You know, the snake is actually drinking the water. It's not attacking. It's very, it's very cool. That, you know, like I said, I, I don't like snakes. I, I can't stand them. I'm, I'm like Indiana Jones. By the way, that oh. was one of the rides I went on at Disney, and that that was a lot of fun, too, was the Indiana Jones ride. Oh, yeah. But but there's something about cobras. that they're, they're, The way they look, it's pretty cool, you know. I don't like snakes myself. I only like to see them in weird YouTube videos and or like that one where it where this snake bit itself and then died. Um have you seen that video? Oh yeah, I've seen those. I've seen uh other snakes attack each other and cuz there are snakes. Nope, yeah, I've seen yeah, that. I okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Apparently a snake made itself into a belt. Um <laughs> a five, a, and moving on, a five-year-old girl in North Carolina has been stuck with a suspension after she pretended a stick was a gun during recess. Kaylin Miller says she was playing her favorite game, King and Queens, with two friends when the incident happened. She was the palace guard and protected her royal charges by pretending a stick she found on the playground was a gun, according to local outlet WPVD. Uh, Caitlin told Reuters, Chloe was the queen and Jasmine was the princess. I was the guard and Jasmine was rude to me and told the teacher on me. Officials for the Hope County School District said Caitlin made a shooting motion with the stick and thus posed a threat. What could possibly be threatening about that? So she can throw the stick and, you know, give somebody a bruise. Big whoopty frickin' do. Her mother, Brandy Miller, told Fox, the assistant principal told me Caitlin had a stick and she was using it to shoot and kill other students. The school released a statement to WTVD. School board policy 4331 states that Hope County schools will not tolerate assaults, threats, or harassment from any student. Any student engaging in such behavior will be removed from the classroom or school environment for as long as is necessary to provide a safe and orderly environment for learning. Now, Caitlin was back in school on Tuesday, but her mother is having trouble explaining the reason for the suspension. Miller told WTVD, I mean, we know why it's bad because we watch the news, but then I have to tell my kid you're not allowed to play like that in school because people do bad things to kids your age. I just want them to apologize to her and tell her that it's okay. You can be five and have an imagination. School suspensions for things that aren't weapons but look like them is unusual, but it happens more than you might think. Last May, a kindergartner in Brighton, Colorado, was suspended for wielding a bubble-blowing gun at recess. Um, In March 2015, a six-year-old in Colorado Springs had the same thing happen when he pointed his index finger like a gun at a classmate while saying, You're dead. And in March 2013, a seven-year-old in Ann Arundel, County, Maryland, was suspended for nibbling a breakfast pastry into the shape of a pistol. Um, 
I all I can do is blame CSI. Well, uh, you know, you know, Derek, there's another story like that. Uh, and, what did you just call me? Or excuse me, <laughs> Chris. My bad. <laughs> do I have? I mean, I know I'm sexy, but do I have the beard and and all that? No. And the unibrow. <laughs> and the unibrow, yeah. yeah. We're no, gonna, but we're gonna get it. <laughs> But uh, but shortly after the Columbine shooting, they they really did suspend a lot of kids for things just like that. Like uh, yeah, a ki- yeah, there was a seven year old kid. He had chicken nuggets uh, for school lunch, and one of them was shaped kind of like a gun. He picked it up and said "bang bang," and he got suspended for a week. Oh wow, <laughs> and well, uh, only twelve individuals from Earth have been fortunate enough to actually walk on the surface of another world, specifically our moon. The historic man lunar landing in July 1969 gave us Apollo 11's first moonwalkers, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, which uh, which a lot of people said was shot in a TV studio. They're stupid. Followed four months later by Apollo 12's Pete Conrad and Alan Bean leaving their footsteps on Earth's natural satellite. Lunar module pilot Bean, now age 85, became the fourth man to set foot on the moon, and he continued with the space program as a spacecraft commander on the 59-day Skylab 2 mission in 1973. He was later named backup commander for the 1975 joint American-Russian-Apollo-Soyuz test flight. When Bean retired from NASA in 1981, he became an excellent artist who paints the experiences of fellow astronaut moonwalkers. Bean's space... Faring's experiences have given him plenty of time to think about the question of whether Earthlings are alone in the universe, and specifically whether aliens have discovered us. Why was this posted on Huffington Post? I don't know. Bean told the Australian news site news.com.au, I do not believe that anyone from outer space has ever visited the Earth. One of the reasons I don't believe they have been here is that civilizations that are more advanced and more altruistic and friendly, like Earth, which is better than it used to be, so they would have landed and said, we come in peace and we know from our studies that you have cancers that kills people. We solved that problem 50 years ago. Here's the gadget we put on a person's chest that will cure it. We will show you how to make it. I don't know what I just said, but because it, uh, it's weird. It's just weird. We're going to, we'll share it and let you read it and let you see for yourself how weird it is. Mm-hmm. And a New Jersey family somehow escaped with just minor cuts after a flying turkey slammed into their rentals SUV's windshield on an Indiana highway. The 30-pound Tom was killed on impact after striking the vehicle that John that John was driving on US-20 around 25 miles west of South Bend at 9.30 a.m. on Tuesday. John from Emerson told the Indianapolis Star, I thought he was going to clear the roof, but he didn't. He went straight through the windshield. The turkey was one of four that were flying across the road. I did not know turkeys could fly. I thought, I thought they couldn't. Um... The uh, LaPorte County Sheriff's Office Captain Michael Kellums said, I've been a policeman for 31 years, and I've never seen something like that. 
John was driving his wife, son, and mother-in-law to Chicago O'Hare International Airport when the turkey struck. They've been visiting his daughter, Rihanna, at the University of Notre Dame, who was attending a program for accepted students. He managed to pull the vehicle over safely. A driver of a passing vehicle took the bird home. The family obtained another rental car and made their return flight. The sheriff's office noted on Facebook that it's mating season for wild turkeys, which means that they are often on the move and can be as hazardous as deer. In a similar frightening incident, a 19-pound male turkey flew into the windshield of an 18-wheeler in New Hampshire on March 21st. You know, this story here, Billy, Mm -hmm. it reminds me of that episode of WKRP, and and it's the Thanksgiving episode. Have you ever seen it? Uh, That's a uh, show, a sitcom I never really paid much attention to, to be honest with you. Oh, you, you... You will want to see it, that episode, um, Turkeys Away. And at the end of that, ep- and I, I, the most famous line from that episode is at the end, when um, the station owner came out and said, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> and... And you and as a matter of fact, it is on YouTube. I believe this is the right episode. But yeah, at your leisure. So don't settle for it. Take a look at take a look at that um, episode. Okay, and, and, I've got yeah, I've got an idea here. I'll, yeah, I'll watch it while we're on the air right now. So. No, no, don't watch the episode. Uh, no, but okay, I got the. So don't settle for imitation. <laughs> now I got WKRP stuck in my head. Thank you. <laughs> um, let me see here. Um, go to. Um, now the whole picture isn't there. I mean, some of it's cut off, but I mean, purely to avoid copyright. But go to about 23 minutes and 58 seconds in the show. Okay, I get it. Hang on, I got I'll just back. give you a little bit of insight, and then you can watch the whole episode at your leisure. So 23. Are you okay? I don't know. The man and his two children tried to kill me. Turkeys hit the pavement. The crowd kind of scattered, but some of them tried to attack me. I had to jam myself into a phone booth. Then Mr. Carlson had the helicopter land in the middle of the parking lot. I guess he thought he could save the day by turning the rest of the turkeys loose. It's pretty strange after that. Come on now, tell us the rest. I really don't know how to describe it. Like the turkeys mounted a counterattack. <laughs> it was almost as if they were organized. <laughs> God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why I love that show. It's <laughs> you love the. You, 
you like the classic comedies like uh like uh Outline. Yeah, MASH, WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, I got the entire series of both MASH and WKRP on DVD. Um, when MASH was releasing season by season every six months or so, I always was excited to get it because it would be around my birthday when one season would come out and then Christmas when the next season would come out. And I was just pumped with glee. Uh, but anyways, moving on. Uh, now, there's an adorable dog in Australia that couldn't stop smiling after undergoing surgery. Dosed up on drugs, Oscar, the wa- the golden retriever, grinned all the way home during the car ride back. His Adelaide-based owner, Sarah Mack, shared a snap of her be- ele- beloved 11-year-old pooch on Twitter. Um, let me just say, uh, it's it's just adorable. It's just adorable. That's all I'm going to say. We'll share it on Twitter for you. Um, When Bryce Maine was singing about who to take to a senior prom, he had no doubt who the lucky person should be. He told WTVM-TV, My grandma's always been an important part of my life, like my only woman figure in my life, so I was thinking, why not take her? Maine, a high school senior in Oofala, Alabama, said Catherine Maine, the woman he calls Nanny, never had the chance to go to the prom. So he wanted to make that happen for her, according to Atlanta news station WAGA. He even put together the perfect promposal. He told WTVM, I went to Walmart and I got a little canvas and started doing my handprints around it in paint, and I just put prom. Nanny said yes to the invite and even brought a new dress for the April 8th occasion. However, their plans of a wonderful night together were brought to a screeching halt when Ufla High School... Principal Steve Hawkins told Maine he couldn't bring Nanny. Maine said he asked the principal his reasoning for the decision. Maine said in a video that's on that page, I said, give me one reason why. And he said, alcohol in case she was trying to distribute it to minors. The principal's decision so angered Maine's cousin, Sarah Catherine, that she blasted him in a scathing Facebook post. She said, um... Some, I have the Facebook post here. It says, my blood is boiling right now. My little cousin Bryce wanted to take our grandma to his senior prom since, he, since she has never been. Well, after she done bought her dress and made plans, the principal decided that they cannot do that anymore. Like, really? Ufala High School, let my grandma go to prom. Update. This has reached the Board of Education, and teacher has called Bryce as well. They think if he takes Nanny to prom, then future students will do it as a joke and make the school a mockery. And basically, it's wanting him to take this down. It ain't happening. Um, now, the Ufala City Schools Board of Education responded to the prom scandal by releasing a statement from Hawkins saying, Safety of students and staff is the first and most important of the many tasks of a school administrator. For the 10 years I have been high school principal, we have denied requests each year from students asking to bring older dates to prom. We do not chance leaving any stone unturned when it comes to safety. Most high schools have an age limit for prom attendees. Maine and Nanny might not be going to prom, but the two still plan to dress up and have a nice dinner and evening out on the town. Now, now, when I went to prom, I actually... um, I saw somebody that um, 
that took their mother to prom. <laughs> and while it was strange, it was allowed. So um, now there's going to be extra stories posted on the Twitter that we haven't covered, but they're just extras. But there is one more that I want to get to. All right. <laughs> and this one will wrap it up. <clears throat> Uber riders can be a forgetful bunch, and sometimes they leave behind some truly bizarre items. Uh, the ride-hailing company has revealed details of the weirdest things its customers have misplaced in its driver's vehicles, from violins and capes to lasers, lottery tickets and bulletproof vests. Cell phones, rings, and keys are the three most forgotten items listed on Uber's new Lost and Found Index, and it names Los Angeles, New York City, and San Francisco as North America's most forgetful cities. Uber shared the data Wednesday amid ongoing controversy over its reported sexist culture and diversity issues. Uh, some, it, some that have been lost that are listed here is a cape, engagement ring, Harry Potter glasses, paintings, violin, wedding outfit, um, a laser, Smoke Machine, Cutout Elf, Rubber Mallet, A Dog Sweater, Bulletproof Vest, Expensive Slipper, A Kite, and A Taser. And, oh, oh. Um, and I'm getting, and I'm being asked to do the deer story. Yes. All right. So... Adrenaline-filled video captured the scary moment. A large white-tailed deer jumped over a motorcyclist, causing him to wipe out. The video, which was filmed along the outskirts of Alexandria, Virginia, shows a group of motorcyclists riding on the George Washington Memorial Parkway. Everything appears to be going smoothly until seconds after passing a deer crossing sign, a real-life deer dashes into the road. Instead of turning tail and running, the deer hoofs it directly toward the bikers and leaps right over one of them. While the deer appears to land safely on the other side, the rider wasn't quite so lucky. It's unclear whether the buck bumped him or a desperate attempt to avoid hitting the deer caused it, but the video shows the bike go down on its side and the rider tumble over the handlebars. The rider who filmed the incident can be heard saying after the accident, that was a huge buck. No shit. Despite the ferocity of the impact, the motorcyclist was apparently not injured, thankfully. He gets back on his bike, and when asked if he's all right, he says, I'm good. The video, which was recorded in September 2015, only began attracting attention this week when it was picked up by several media outlets. It was reportedly made during the 2015 Distinguished Gentleman's Ride in Washington, D.C., which benefits prostate cancer research. Wow. And that's all I can say is wow. I'm I'm watching it right now, and I watched it before, and I'm watching it again, and you see the deer go and jump, and down goes the biker, and and it shows it again slow motion, and jumps and boom, and in reverse, go forward, jumps, misses the rider, but boom, down goes the guy. All right. <laughs> And the guy gets off his bike, runs back to the motorcyclist, and everything's going in fast motion now. Apparently, the biker's all right, uh, getting the bike back up. 
And and yeah, I'm good. Okay. And there it goes. And it's showing it frame by frame. Holy mackerel. <laughs> that uh I now I've actually had I've actually run into a deer with my car. And shit. I mean busted the windshield, took out the driver's side mirror, put a couple of dents in the door, had to get a new headlight, a new tail light, um, new paint job, all that. And well, just think about this though. <clears throat> um, you know, a deer is a decent sized animal. Mm-hmm. And people up in Alaska and Canada hit moose who are often bigger than a horse. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> I've heard about deer that have caused injury to humans in a car accident. And when I saw that deer and I tried to stop and I ended up hitting it, I saw my life flash before my eyes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> things started going in slow motion, you know, saw my, saw my sixth birthday, saw that, and yeah. All right. But anyways, that is News of the Week. All right, we're going to go to our next music set. Coming up, we have Erica Dawn, going to be followed by Lurid Liz, then uh, Boba Flex, Muzzy Braun, and then a band that out of Canada that I just discovered uh, very recently. They're called Slag Duster. When we come back, combat sports discussion, discussing none other than WrestleMania 33. Where- <laughs> Yep, in Orlando where Derek is. Derek will be calling in to join the show at that point. We'll be back after this. Who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Derek Stark, and Bad Billy on the No Holds Barred Radio Network. Where we are known as proper gentlemen because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Seattle. Don't you? You're abusing my fans. Thank you. 
This is an emergency alert message. This is not a test. This warning is for all areas of the world. A viral outbreak of sexual frustration has occurred among 90% of the world's population. Symptoms include people getting naked and engaging in public sexual activities and public masturbation. If you encounter anyone who is infected, please contact the Center for Disease Control. Please stay in your homes and do not panic. Avoid all pornography. This is not a test. Welcome to 
am not a pedophile. Put me on your playlist. She is 17. I am a statutory rapist. Malibu Red fell in my head. I had to show her the sheets on my bed. She said that I should write about her. I wrote her an entire verse. Mixed drink, fuzzy, so high, fuzzy. Ten hours later, and I can't remember nothing. Why the fuck you short time hating on my whore life? Not because I live it up, I'll tell you it's so tight. Take it to the limit. This is such a mad world. Come and spend a minute. Tripping with a bad girl. Don't you want to see outside any more than one spot? Betty kept a different way than Roma makes a bad rock. I can be your anything. Finger to society. Down with your monogamy. Welcome to variety. Don't you want to see outside any more than one spot? Betty kept a different way than Roma makes a No. 
on the air. Right now, a prestigious position in radio broadcasting can be yours with help from American Broadcasting School. There are a lot of career possibilities out there. Why just dream it? You can become a radio disc jockey, sportscaster, newscaster, or production director. American Broadcasting School, one of the best-known, nationally accredited broadcasting institutions of its kind, can teach you the skills to succeed. Best of all, you'll train from your home computer. Go live on your own internet radio station as instructors evaluate your on-air assignments. You'll receive all the instructional materials and software to get you started. Train from home, learn from home. It's that convenient. Plus, American Broadcasting School offers job placement assistance so you can land the broadcasting career you deserve. ABS has helped thousands of graduates break into the field, and you're next. American Broadcasting School is the nation's number one way of entering broadcasting. Call 888-677-5227 or visit online at radioschoolonline.com. He took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. By some, he's been called controversial. He is the free American, Clay Douglas. Now, keep in mind that some of my guests have been approached by Homeland Security or FBI saying, why are you going on the Clay Douglas show? My message to those guys, if they're listening this morning, is good morning. Go get a cup of coffee. Maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, sit down. I've always invited you. I hope you come into my lecture, man. Now, you know, we, we both took the same oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. I don't recall there being an expiration date on that. Catch the Free American weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. For the podcast and more details, go to freeamerican.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. Monster Energy, welcome to Rockville Return to Metropolitan Park, April 29th and 30th. Celebrating Rock's greatest hit all weekend long with Death Leopard. Soundgarden. A Perfect Circle. The Offspring. And more. Two days. Over 40 bands on three stages. Tickets on sale now. Go to WelcomeToRockvilleFestival.com for tickets, info, and more. Welcome to Rockville, fueled by Monster Energy Drink. It's here. Psychosis. Brand new CD. Drowning in Silence. To celebrate, Psychosis, Cold Cock Whiskey, and Ferocious Records are throwing a CD release party. Friday, April 7th at the Empire Concert Club in Akron, Ohio. You are invited. Invited. Playing live at the party, Psychosis. With Conniption Fit, Dead Leaf, Beneath a Dying Sun, Trifine. And fit for a funeral. Doors open at 7 p.m. The show is for all ages. There is a $3 surcharge for people under 21. The Psychosis Drowning in Silence CD Release Party. Be there. Go fuck yourself. You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master. Eric Stark and Bad Billy on the No Holds Barred Radio Network. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Colcock Whiskey. You must be 21 years or older to drink. I don't remember all that other stuff that Derek usually says, so, but, oh, well. 
Um, what you just heard was uh, Untouchable by Slag Duster. Before that, Heart of Idaho by Muzzy Braun. Before that, You Don't Want to Know by Boba Flex. And then before that was Bedrock by Lurid Liz. And starting that whole set off was Staying In by Erica Dawn. And um, I, Billy, do we have Derek by chance? Not yet. He said he was going to call in, but I'm not showing him in the queue yet. So yeah, I'm just, yeah uh, he obviously is listening because he thanked us for calling him sexy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, think, I, I wonder if he's got talk shoe figured out. Uh, yeah. By the way, um, you want to call into the show? The number is 724-444-7444. Then, of course. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, the code the code to punch in is one four three zero three six. Just press pound and then press the pound key after that. Um, by the way, um, NXT Takeover just went off the air on the WWE Network, and um, I only saw the last few seconds of it before we came back here. I mean, it just went off. Um, and me and Derek, we did, we know a lot of times we don't cover, um, on our other show, Ringside Wrestling, we don't normally cover NXT, but since we're waiting for Derek, I guess I can go ahead and give people results. Yeah, Derek, go ahead. Um, tonight, um, starting off, uh, the NXT takeover in Orlando was an eight person mixed tag team match. We had Sanity, which was, which consists of Eric Young. Alexander Wolf, Killian Drain, Killian Dane, and Nikki Cross, and they defeated uh, Ty Dillinger, Ruby Riot, Roderick Strong, and Cassius Ono. I don't know how you say that name, but oh well. And then we had uh, Alistair Black defeating um, Andrade Almas. God, these names. Um, then um, we had a triple threat tag team elimination match for the NXT tag team championship and uh the authors of pain um defeated DIY to retain their title their NXT tag team championship then um Asuka defeated Ember Moon to retain her NXT women's title and then the main event Bobby Roode defeated Shinsuke Nakamura for to retain his NXT championship and um, that happened to be the longest match of the night at 28 minutes. And I will say, and Derek told me this, I don't know if it was on Outlaw Radio a couple of weeks ago, but it was somewhere. He told me to watch NXT that it's some of the best matches I will see. And let me just tell you, he's right. I mean, NXT right now is the developmental territory for the WWE it's where all it's where a lot of the talent goes when they're just starting before they come up to the main roster and Triple H who's basically the head guy down there running the whole thing he uh, the talent that we're seeing down there amazing it's not like that that other shit that you see on raw it is pure five-star matches at NXT. So if you have not seen it yet, I fully encourage you to just 
fork over the $9.99 for a month and just try it. Of course, the first month is free for new subscribers. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and cue the jingle. I, I think Derek is having some trouble. He's having a lot of trouble trying to get in right now. So I I really don't know what's going on. He says he can he can uh, he can uh, listen, but he can't talk. Of course, I haven't seen him in the queue because I've been just wait waiting to unmute him. But uh, yeah, then uh, yeah, he he seems to be be a bit frustrated with the uh, system. I think. Oh man, I've <laughs> um, but he, there's a jingle. Oh, oh yeah, of course you know this one. Mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, outlaw radio, combat sports discussion. Uh, Yeah, that one, remember? Yeah. um, He said, I could listen but not talk. I'll just tell you my picks tomorrow. I'm going to the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, can you just uh, message me your picks here because so this way we could go ahead and get him in for the show and he said will do so he's gonna send me his picks for wrestlemania which is tomorrow night and derek is down there right now in orlando yes, he is That's he, uh, do what I I don't know. I just I don't know why he couldn't call in. I was I was going to say I can still uh try to add him into the call here if <laughs> shit he'd he'd let me. <laughs> but uh I I uh, think I think he's totally lost interest at this point. Yeah, uh, after trying so many times. <laughs> um but um we were actually me and Derek we were actually originally supposed to meet while he was on his way down here. But unfortunately, um, when I looked at the weather channel, they said that there was 90% chance of strong thunderstorms heading this way. And I didn't want him to risk getting caught in that. So being the good friend I am, I told him to, uh, that we'll just do it when we, when he's on his way back and, and the storms never came. So, I got to call the weather channel and say a few choice words. <laughs> um, but we're planning on meeting up when he's on his way back and we're planning to do Facebook live and all that. And we're going to meet up at the waffle house. Cause he's, in, he's told me he's never had a waffle house. You know, that's, and that's something I made sure I did before I left Ohio. Yes. And, um, and what did you think? I I loved it, and uh, by the way, we can uh, continue because uh, the icon Stephen James, I think uh, he's calling in. Okay, let's see. Just one second here. I'm okay. This is kind of strange because I'm not showing anybody in the uh, in the call queue is the thing. But, mm-hmm. Hang on. 
but uh, go ahead. As you were saying, I'm going to go ahead and message him. Um, but anyways, um, so Derek is going to come by, uh, going to be coming through uh, Georgia on his way back, and we're going to meet up. We're going to do Facebook Live and all that. And um, we'll also go over, you know, um, some stuff from WrestleMania as well and look forward to uh, and what we have to look forward to possibly in Payback, which is April 30th, which is the next pay-per-view. But right now, WrestleMania, Derek was down there for, uh, he went to Access and WrestleCon, which was today, um, featuring a lot of former WWE superstars and present. One second, one second before before we do. Okay, I've got that problem figured out now. Okay. All right, Stephen, you're on the air. What's up, gentlemen? All right, ready for Mania Weekend, I take it. Hell yes, I am. I am at the time of my life right now. I have got my kids in the kitchen cooking because, well, (laughs) What the hell else do we have kids for but to to do our bidding? All right. <laughs> so I, I, I gather I, I gather from what I hear, Derek is not here with us, right? No, no, it's because I was uh, having some trouble with talk shoe there, and as you can see, I couldn't even see you in the queue until I I had to totally refresh the entire page. Yeah, and, uh, the the last incarnation there of Stunner, uh, we tried talk to, and it was a it was a major bitch, and it sucked. Um, but you know, if it's working for you, great. Yeah. Now this is the first time it's done this uh, goofy shit to me, but now I know what to. I know this hoop that I have to jump through. So, all right. Well, goddamn boys, this WrestleMania. Yeah, it's um, I. Me and Derek both, we're all excited. I'm sure you're excited. We're um, Derek, Derek and I, but to, yes. Yeah. Well, Derek is supposed to be um, messaging uh, me his picks uh, for WrestleMania. But what are what are you thinking of going into WrestleMania? What matches are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the fact that Derek hasn't messaged you because he is at WrestleMania. And nothing else matters to him right now. WrestleMania and tomorrow night. I understand that, but I mean, he he is doing he's doing fan access. He was probably doing the Hall of Fame last night. He is out and about doing things, and he is experiencing all that is WrestleMania, which I did a few years ago in New Orleans, and it was completely amazing. By the way, um, I have to ask, what's what what. What do we have on the language barrier here? Because I should... Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the air, so... Totally uncensored. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> WrestleMania is a fucking amazing thing, and you can forget your obligations. You really can. You're just so caught up in all that is WrestleMania week in any given city if you were there. So I can see why... Derek forgot, hey, I need to call and do this, because he's sitting in front, uh, most likely at at, uh, this little theater in Orlando, and he's sitting around listening to the click talk right now, or some shit like that. Hmm. Crickets? (laughs) Yeah. 
Cricket. Um, Does nobody care about the clicks? <laughs> Damn, that's uh, a little thing. But it's not. Um, it's not just the click, guys. I mean, everybody who is anybody who has ever been anybody in the wrestling industry shows up at WrestleMania Town, and in this case, it is Orlando, Florida, and it, it is an amazing scene. A couple of years ago at WrestleMania 30, I was there, and I didn't even attend all all the vast number of shows. I wish I could. I. I I fucked up and brought my kids, and that was that was the biggest problem. I couldn't keep bringing my kids to all this dumb shit, and they were just like, oh, my God, can we just have pizza and sit in the hotel room and watch HBO? Next time I go to WrestleMania, it, it's just going to be me, and, well, fuck it, if the wife wants to go, she can go, but everybody else can fuck off. I'm going to go to all the cool shit in WrestleMania. There's all these interesting panels and all these big and indie shows, and there's all this amazing shit that happens at WrestleMania week in whatever town WrestleMania happens to be in. So I can see how Derek has gotten sidetracked. I mean, you're well, you're he, overindulged in everything. Not only that, but he's been, uh, you know, it seems like he's kind of been cooped up there in Minnesota, and this is, uh, I don't know how far he's had the opportunity to travel out before, but, uh, you know, he's in Florida for the first time of all places. It's got to be a big change from Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah. springtime in Florida is a beautiful place. I mean, if you've never been there, you should. Because once you get trash, once you get past the white trash bartender bitches who want you to meet their sisters, who, by the way, will um, uh, can I say fuck on this show? Yeah, you can say fuck. Okay. Well, once you get past all the white trash bitches that want you to fuck their sister, and by the way, their sisters are hot. Florida, especially Orlando, you got Disney World. If you don't even have to bang the locals, there's so many bitches coming from out of town that want to bang you. <laughs> Derek, am I not mistaken? Derek is a single guy, right? Yes, he's actually seen someone. Yeah, uh, yeah, he. Well, okay, so so as far as Florida goes, Orlando, Derek is a single guy, unless he brought her. Uh, he didn't bring her, from what I understand. Perfect. So Derek is out there. Just, I mean, he's. I'm sorry, but. He's out there getting like nut after nut after nut after nut. <laughs> he can walk into a bar in Orlando right now wearing a DX shirt and he's got like 25 blowjobs lined up. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Chris is just like speechless. Well, I, I, I am. Hey, Chris is in a committed relationship. I know because Chris and I are friends on Facebook. I, I I see what Chris has got going on, and great for Chris. That is awesome. I, I'm in one of those uh, committed relationship things myself. I recently got married uh, oh. right about the same time as my retirement. It's been great for me. But there's something to be said for just being a single guy out there on a town on the prowl and that's what Derek is right now, so I'm not blaming him for not calling it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, What's going um, on? 
Absolutely. All right, but we, we're supposed to be talking about WrestleMania, so I guess I should stop talking about Derek getting late. Uh, I apologize for interjecting too much. Uh, you're you're good, um, but I there's so. But I will say for the first time in a while, there I can't pick just one match that I'm looking forward to this weekend myself. I mean, it's, I now see I actually can. Um, because the match that I'm taking to be match of the night only goes one of two ways. It either it is a match for the history books and is going to go down as the final conflict, final conflict of legends, or it's going to go down as the worst WrestleMania moment in history. <laughs> and, that, and that is Bill Goldberg, who for some reason after a series of crapshoot 90-second matches is the WWE <laughs> champion versus Brock Lesnar, who is not all that much better than Bill Goldberg for long-standing matches. And, you know, I, I would like to see these guys, if they can pull it off, and I think this is what Bill's been training for, and I think Brock can hang with them. I'd like to see these guys do a 30-minute Broadway and just beat the living hell out of each other. I don't even give a shit who wins. We all know it's going to be Brock, but it doesn't matter. Let these guys have a great match. I mean, they even brought Jim Ross back to call the match. Oh, they're actually doing that? Oh, that's signed in ink. It's official Jim Ross is calling that match. And what makes it even more special is... uh, Sadly, Jim Ross just a few weeks ago, what, three weeks ago, lost his very, very, very sweet, loving, beautiful wife, Jan. And I, I had an opportunity to meet Jan at a signing, and she is such a sweetheart, or was such a sweetheart. I, I see how she and Jim worked with their marriage, and it was so great. I, I, my heart really breaks for Jim, and I love the fact that he has not missed a beat. He's kept up with his podcast. He's kept up with his obligations for New Japan and everything else. But in the midst of all this, signed a WWE contract. How great is that? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. First, and you know, you mentioned the New Japan wrestling too, and I didn't realize until. Uh, about a couple months ago, that was on Access TV, and I sat down to watch some of it. And he also, oh, no. Jim, that's where Jim has been doing his commentary, and it's uh, it's post recorded. But uh, about once a month, yeah. he's been flown out. He's been flying out to LA, and he just he does about a month's worth of shows and pay per views, and then he goes home. But you know, Jim Ross, doing New Japan, and all the great guys have always gone to New Japan if they're not under contract. And that's so awesome to hear Jim Ross calling these matches. Yeah, and I was going to say about uh, New Japan, it just it's so different because just like uh, MMA, you know, the, the fans in Japan, they're treated like it's a tennis match or golf or something. They're so quiet during all while everything's going on. I did not expect to see that in wrestling, but they're just like so quiet as everything's happening. It is. It's a respect thing for them. They, they treat it as though it is sacred. 
So if the fans get loud in Japan, it's not because they're disappointed in the match, which we've seen in WWE and TNA and all that. They get loud when they get mad. But in Japan, if they get mad, it's because they are truly just so loving a match. It's it's amazing. I mean, you, you see the stuff that Jim Ross has called for Wrestle Kingdom and New Japan. It's just been phenomenal. These are some of the best matches I've ever seen. And in Japan, it's it's a, sometimes a bit more intense too. It really is. I mean, they they, they do um, they work a stiffer style, uh, much like they do in the Lucha Libre in Mexico. They they work a stiffer. Uh, you know, you're gonna get a black eye. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a swollen jaw. You know, you're gonna have a sprained ankle or whatever at the end of a match because you're gonna bust your ass at the match in Japan. And that's why some of the greatest matches ever. If, they, if WWE's purchased so many libraries, and they just put out a completely Japan DVD from the nineteen late sixties up until now DVD, you would see some of those amazing matches, and you may not know some of the participants, but you would see some of those amazing matches you have ever seen in your life. You would just be awestruck by how crazy these guys get. I mean, well, that's, I, Mick, I already, that's where Mick Foley lost his ear is in Japan. Well, there's... I don't want to get sidetracked too much off of uh, WrestleMania, but uh, I will say this. I watched a match that happened in Japan. Uh, this this guy fought... In, I don't know who the hell he is, some Japanese guy, but he fought Dan Severn in an MMA match in Japan, but uh, they showed highlights of him wrestling uh, be- before they showed the fight. And first off, they got the ring. Uh, they took off the ropes and put up electric barbed wire fence. In another mm-hmm. match, they came out uh, kind of like uh, with Negan with, or uh, Mankind with the uh, barbed wire baseball bat, and he was actually getting hit with it. And then another match, they put him in a, a aquarium with man-eating piranhas. This is the yeah. shit they do, or, or used to do, at least, in Japan. Yeah, I mean, used to do. They still do it. I mean, Japan, and the funny thing about Japan is there's such a respect for the performers, though, and that's one of the reasons they take it to such heights there is because the performers love it so much and they treat the wrestlers um, and I forget exactly, uh, Chris Jericho wrote about it in, in his second book, and I forgot what they call him, and I, and I apologize to Chris for not knowing this, but there are basically, uh, and there's a Japanese word for it, again, I don't know it, but there are basically benefactors for a lot of the top guys. And they take you out every night after the matches. They pay for your. They, it's not like New Japan Pro Wrestling or, or IWP or anything like that. It's the benefactors that are paying for for the hotel stays and and all these meals in the restaurants and making this experience for all the performers in Japan. That's why so many guys go to Japan. I mean, let's face it: if you are a top guy and you are not in the WWE Japan. If most of these guys want to spend six months out of the year in Japan because they are treated like 
gods there. I mean, the younger wrestlers take these guys out and, and take them shopping. You know, oh, you need clothes? Let me take you. I'll, I'll buy you, know you clothes. Who, who box, you know who else backs some of that up? The Yakuza. Besides, besides um, and, oh, okay, the Yakuza. I was going to say, you mean besides Antonio Inaki? Yeah, no, the the, the Yakuza puts the, their fair share of money into this, too. They're not such well, bad people. It's not just them, but, I mean, legitimate businesses. I mean, you know, Microsoft and IBM and, and Apple all have offices in Japan, and their budget for professional wrestling for their executives is huge. Yes, because most definitely. Because wrestling is respected in Japan, and, and I honestly think that's, I think professional wrestling should be as respected here in the states as it is in Japan. It's not, but it, you know, I, I I think it should be. I mean, these guys are yeah. treated like the ultimate awesome athletes and performers that they are. Absolutely. So real quick, you know, because uh, we're we're running out of out of time on the show here. I don't want to get too carried away. Um, uh, all right, uh, Chris, you you have Derek's picks, and you were going to read them off. Um, unfortunately, he did not do that um, yet. So, um, but I'm not. Um, but I'm sure he'll get it to me tomorrow before the pay per view. But I do have um, my picks basically for um each match and so uh i'm gonna go ahead and uh, just run them uh off of here let me damn it we're shit <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to find the doc right now i don't i don't have a match list in front of me um does anybody have a match list in front of them because uh, I don't want to, but I just. But uh, I will say, I ca- I hope I just hope that the match between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg happened happened just as good as the uh, the one that I saw from uh, years ago, where uh, Steve Austin was the referee, and uh, towards the end, Brock Lesnar got speared and pinned. And then he tried to argue with Steve Austin, and then he got a stunner. Yep. Um, but I found my picks here. Got them right here. Um, I got Neville um, winning in the, and it's a pre-show match. Um, I have Neville retaining the cruiserweight title. Then the 2017 Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, which, if you ask me, they need to just do away with that. Because it's nothing but a pile of shit, um, um, and it's a and it's a pre-show match. If that tells you anything, I'm gonna go yeah. with Big Show just to, um, just to sorry, sorry, with it. Chris, I mean, just because I don't have a list in front of me, should should we do this individually, match by match, or should we do it collectively, match by match? Huh? <laughs> Meaning, should, should should somebody say a match and everybody gives their pick, or should everybody give their pick and then everybody give their pick and everybody give their pick and so on and so forth? If, if you want to go right ahead, uh, we'll we'll do it collectively. Um, Neville. You know, the only reason I ask is I don't have I don't have a match list in front of me, and um, well, 
since I've retired, my memory is not what it used to be. <laughs> well, if you want to do, if you want, if you have any picks, you know, we can do it that way, or I can just run down my picks real but quick. And you can, go and you can go and do yours as long as somebody can feed me matches afterwards. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I, right. I feel like an asshole guest here. I really do. <laughs> well, the 2017 Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which I really could give two shits about, I'm going with Big Show just because. And uh, then in the main show, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the WWE title. I'm picking Randy Orton to win over Bray Wyatt. Um, then Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal Championship. I'm picking Brock Lesnar. I don't know why, but that's how I feel. I, I honestly think Lesnar third time, third or fourth time is a charm. Um, then we have the Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Um, there are betting odds that say that Roman Reigns is going to win, but I, I highly doubt that because given if because here's what's going to happen if roman reigns goes over against the undertaker there is going to be a fucking mob there people they, they are going to have to fit roman reigns is going to get fucking murdered <laughs> and it because i mean if you heard there's more booze for Roman Reigns than there ever was for John Cena. And that's saying something. Um, and then uh, Seth Rollins versus Triple H in a non-sanctioned match. I'm picking Seth Rollins, but I am also, since this is non-sanctioned, I am predicting that during this match, Triple H is going to have some people come out on his behalf uh, like, uh, oh, HBK, the New Age Outlaws, and then see a reunite, reunite of the Shield with Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns. However, with Roman Reigns being in a match with The Undertaker, I highly doubt it. So, um, But I do pick Seth Rollins to win in that match. And then Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. I'm looking at the betting odds. They're saying AJ Styles is going to win with which he probably will, but I'm just picking Shane McMahon just because, yeah. Um, I And then we have um, the fatal four-way elimination match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, and I'm picking, and we have Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Nia Jax. I am picking Bailey to retain. Um, I've always been a big fan of Bailey, and I am just, I I truly think, that um, she'll pull it off. She'll pull it off and retain. But I also think we might see Sasha Banks finally turn heel. It's been hinted at for a few weeks now. Derek has mentioned it on Ringside Wrestling, but I and so I do think it might be happening at WrestleMania. And then we have Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens for the WWE United States Championship. And like and the betting odds, they're going for Kevin Owens. <sighs> But seriously, I'm going for Chris Jericho because we all know that Kevin Owens can't win 
without help. We saw that every fucking week or every fucking month with every fucking pay-per-view that he was ever fucking defending the title. He always had help. And he lost it when he didn't have that help. There you go. You're fixed. Basically, basically did my point right there. Then John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. And I'm going Cena and Bella because come the fuck on. Miz and Maurice, that's like, I I don't even want to get into it. Uh, then we have Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. I'm choosing Baron Corbin. Um, not like anybody gives a shit. That's probably going to be the piss break match. Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Enzo Amore and Big Cass versus Cesaro and Sheamus. It's a triple threat ladder match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. And I have been saying this and saying this for months. Enzo Amore and Big Cass need the titles, and I think that they're going to get it on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania tomorrow night in Orlando. And then we have, and so I'm picking Enzo Amore and Big Cass. And then we have um, the six-pack challenge for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Mickey James, Carmella, and Naomi. And um, I'm picking Naomi to take the title. She's back in the WWE after surgery. She had to give up the title. I think that she is going to bring the house down and we're, and she's going to take the SmackDown Women's title. I truly believe that. And there's my picks for WrestleMania. Who uh, tomorrow we'll get Derek's picks, hopefully, and we'll have a great pay-per-view. All right. Well, I, I of course, me not being the biggest wrestling fan, I'm not going to make any picks except for one. And uh, as much as I want to see uh, Goldberg take it, I think uh, it's going to go to Cock Chesner. <laughs> uh, that is the first time I've ever heard that. That is good. <laughs> Steven, you still there? I've been accused before of interjecting myself entirely too much when I'm just a guest. So I, I'm trying to be nice tonight and just uh, – I'm. I'm laying low. Uh, I'm here. I'm ready for my picks, but uh, I'm 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 just chilling. Plus, I'm uh, I'm set, I'm setting up for a big ass WrestleMania party tomorrow. And as we are doing this, I'm also supervising my two oldest kids, uh, my 14 year old and my 11 year old, in uh, in preparing uh, the uh, the big barbecue for tomorrow because we do a big WrestleMania thing. Which is why I can't be on, uh, you know, Billy's uh, and honestly mine. It was partly my creation, the Armageddon show. I can't be there tomorrow night because, well, that's going to be going on. I'm going to be cheering, probably Brock Lesnar. But uh, now I'm, I'm here, definitely. I've got my opinions, but I've, I've been trying to be nice. I've been told I'm not, I'm not nice enough. Uh, I interject my opinions in the middle of somebody else's sentence. And let me tell you, brothers, not the nicest thing to do is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, I do, I do want to say that uh, Kurt Angle and uh, DDP 
very well-deserved places in the, the Hall of Fame. Congratulations True. to them. Truly yeah. very much. And uh, also the Rock and Roll Express, I mean, those guys were uh, not so much now, and I really think they need to just give it up and retire. But uh, uh, for their time and place, the Rock and Roll Express were amazing, uh, beautiful performers. They were have a well-deserved spot in the Hall of Fame. Uh, DDP especially, uh very much touches my heart because I'm a big proponent of DDP yoga. Um, I've fallen off the wagon too many times, but I still do DDP yoga, and every time I do, it's a great thing. Uh, I mean, just a little get takes you so far into getting your health and fitness where it should be. Uh, I love DDP yoga, and everything he's done in the wrestling business, my God, that, that, that guy is everybody who should have been a nobody who became the biggest somebody is awesome. Uh, and I love the fact that he uh, he didn't get his first choice to induct him in the Hall of Fame. That would, of course, been uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, uh, who passed on. But having Eric Bischoff induct him in and seeing Eric Bischoff on WWE TV last night was just, Damn. Plus having you know Jim Cornette induct the Rock and Roll Express was like, well, wait a minute, you, you're not even you weren't even their manager. You you were their opponent's manager, but you were the biggest name they could get. Okay, so it was just an excuse to put Jim Cornette on WWE TV. I didn't care for that, but uh, Kurt Angle, his speech was so awesome, so emotional, so heartfelt. And then the doing the dumping the milk on him thing at the end was just, I mean, how do you not love Kurt Angle? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, and of course, um, you know, being the MMA fan that I am and uh, high school wrestler, you know, that's that's where I, I look up to uh, Kurt Angle being, because he's an Olympic, Olympic gold medalist to start with and then, uh, you know, to represent that into the WWE, you, you know, that's that's something else, too. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I also love the fact that uh, yeah, your top two inductees in the Hall of Fame this year were guys that dealt very severely with addiction. Not so much a DDP fact as a personal demon, but in helping uh, guys like uh, my... I call him a friend. I mean, you know, maybe he would. He probably wouldn't remember me if he said his name. But, uh, you know, his help with Jake Roberts and in definitely no small no small part to Scott Hall and, and helping out other guys like Chris Jericho and Arthur Borman and, and all these other guys just turning the lives around. Of course, he, he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he could have never wrestled the day of his life, but what he's done with other performers, Mick Foley is a great example of losing over 100, what, like 100, 140 pounds, something like that. You know, he, exactly. he should be calling for that reason alone. And the fact that he was, his speech was so touching, and, and, and the stories he told about Dusty Rhodes, 
and just say things like, Dallas, let me tell you something. It's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it ain't, it ain't. But even if it's meant to be, you need to get up off your ass and earn it for yourself. I'm just thinking, the Dusty Road stories were awesome. And even Bishop was telling Dusty Road stories, and it was so beautiful. It was awesome. And Angle, you know, beating his own personal demons and coming back. It's so great to see these guys involved, man. But as far as my picks, um, and, and again, I'm not, God, since I retired, uh, I'm not following wrestling as much as I should have. Um, Chris, you went through some matches. Uh, do, do you have a list of matches uh, that I can kind of borrow from you and kind of feed off of here? Uh, yeah. Um, I just went to their Wikipedia thing. Um, Perfect. I mean, I've got my opinions. I just, my retirement's been great to be, I'm only half-ass following, uh, to be honest, but my opinions are are very much heartfelt. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Yeah, if you could feed me a a match list, I can keep my picks. Yeah, um, I sent them to you on Facebook, um, a link to it. Oh, no, I I, I mean literally right here on the air. Sorry. I don't have Okay. All right, first up, uh, Neville versus Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, You know, just because Neville's an established star and they like to put out breakout stars for WrestleMania, uh, I'm going to go with Austin Aries, even though everybody who's a wrestling fan knows Austin Aries and he's an amazing performer. I'm going to go ahead and say Austin Aries there. Okay. Uh, The Andre, the Giant. Memorial Battle Royal. There's I'm gonna, way too many. I'm, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. It's going to be big show. Uh, you know, they built up this whole big thing between him and Shaq, and it, it, it probably would have been a horrendous, pathetic bitch of a match, but for whatever reason, Shaq didn't do it. And that was the whole reason Big Show basically took damn near a year off and trained his ass off and look at the guy he's got the world's largest six pack and then Shaq back basically backs out at the last minute kind of a bitch move by Shaq so what do you what's left for Big Show to do but well fuck god damn it throw him, throw him in the battle royal and he's also <laughs> said that this is his last Wrestlemania he's done his contract is up. He has no plans of renewing it. Nothing against WWE. He just feels that he's at that age. He's made the money. He's good to go. He wants to step down. I'm sure he'll sign a license contract, but he's done. So what better way to give him a WrestleMania send-off for, but for the second time to win the Andre Giant Battle Royal? So I, right. I, I'm, I'm going to give him that. All right. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. That, that, by the way, is going to be a beautiful match. That is going to be a match for the ages. I mean, I'm, I'm going on record and saying this now. I don't even care which way this way this one goes. It's going to be one of those epic WrestleMania matches that 20 years from now, they're looking back and going, look at this match, 
it's going to be a Ricky Steamboat Macho Man from uh, WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania three. It's going to be one of those badass matches. It's going to be one of those phenomenal kick you in the ass, make you love wrestling all over again matches. At least I hope it will. It's got the potential. But I think because Vince likes putting over the guys that are going to be the future, and let's face it, we all know Bray Wyatt is the future. And if if Undertaker's got one more match in him, it should be next year versus him and Bray Wyatt, gimmick versus gimmick, which we've all been wanting forever, but we want a true WrestleMania moment for it. But it's going to be Bray Wyatt this year. Just fine. All right. Um, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal Championship. I think you made your pick earlier on that. I kind of did. I mean, Goldberg has not done a goddamn thing, and I apologize for language. I know it wasn't an issue, but everything Goldberg has done since he's been back since Survivor Series and even before that has just been... It's been tarnished by the fact that he hasn't done anything. I mean, he goes yeah. and he does two or three moves, and he's like, he brags about it, like, I've been training, like, you know, 15 weeks for this. I'm like, for what? You didn't do a goddamn thing. You're nothing. And I know Billy hates Brock Lesnar, but goddamn, at least Brock saw- Lesnar has kept himself ring-ready 100% of the time. When Lester came back to the WWE a few years ago, everyone was wondering, is he going to be ring-ready? Is he going to be ring-ready? Is he going to be ring-ready? And he proved it right off the bat by just going in there and getting it done. Goldberg has literally done the exact opposite. He, he He's played every bit to the lowest expectation possible. He has not humiliated himself, other than the fact that everything he's done has taken less than two minutes. <laughs> and for that reason alone, I'm predicting that it's going to be an amazing match. I think that it's going to be one for the ages. I think Goldberg wants to go out looking like a tremendous badass and having the match of his fucking life. However, I am predicting that Lesnar wins because when everything is said and done, Goldberg's already gone on record and saying, basically he's done with the WWE after this. He wanted that last moment. He wanted that WrestleMania moment. He wants to have a good one, but he's going to lose. So I am definitely picking Lesnar. And he's also said in interviews that he's miserable during this WWE run. And I don't get why he's miserable. What the fuck has made him miserable? Um, well, he said that... The fact that, that he's, you know, been, he's, been, he's been given the opportunity to travel across, across the country in first-class style. I mean, okay, so you've got to go to the gym a lot more uh, for a man your age. Sure, that could make you miserable, but He's being the same bitch he's always been, and I've never liked Goldberg. I never will like Goldberg. And quite frankly, I think Goldberg is a stain on the tremendous, beautiful industry that professional wrestling is. Goldberg is one of those guys that should have never been. But he was, and they've got to pay homage to it. They want to put him in the Hall of Fame next year. So they're giving him this 
bullshit title run. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Lester's going to win. And he's going to win today. <laughs> I hope he right. well, gets Bill Goldberg like a total complete bitch. I, 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 I don't want to see Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. I want to see Brock Lesnar versus Caitlyn Jenner. That's what I want. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I, I want to see Bill Goldberg versus a fucking tranny. Because to me, that's what Gold, Bill Goldberg is. He's a little bitch tranny. <laughs> I just want to see... I, I don't even want a long match. I just want to see five minutes of, of Brock Lesnar whipping the shit out of him and making him look like the little bitch that he really is. And we all know that he's a bitch because anybody that's read Chris Jericho's biography knows that Chris Jericho, who's half his size, kicked the shit out of him. Man. Just my um, Sorry. We'll move on. Uh, all right. Uh, the Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Now, there's an interesting faction because, I mean, everybody loves... Everybody loves The Undertaker. If you don't oh, love The Undertaker, you're not a professional wrestling fan. I mean, this guy is the epitome of everything that a professional wrestler should be. He's awesome. He's great. I mean, they they left him in charge of wrestler's court, which basically means if you pissed off another guy on the road, they brought it to The Undertaker, and he made a decision, and you followed it, and if you didn't, there was hell to pay. Literally. I mean, your life was miserable. The Undertaker is, is well, you know, fuck anybody else's in He is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. I don't care about The Rock. He's great. I don't care about Stone Cold. He's great. I don't care about anybody else. The Undertaker is the epitome of the perfect professional wrestler. And I know that's exactly what they want to make Roman Reigns to be. He's Everything The Rock could be, he's Samoan or half Samoan. He's got the tattoos. He's, he, but he's got no mic skills, and they'll never be able to teach those. I mean, they could beat him live, and he can keep fucking them up. And I like Roman, and that's the problem. But he's not good. He's He's just not. He was great as the Shield strongman, but he's not... He's never been good as a solo guy. That's why they put him in the shield to begin with. He's just not good. Um, and I don't know if it's the emotional part of me. Uh, I, I just hope the Undertaker, Undertaker kicks the shit out of him and he gets relegated to... Uh, I want to see him in 20 years showing up like IRS. <laughs> yeah, and sadly, that's nothing against Mike Rotundo, but yeah, that's where I want to see Roman Reigns. I, I want to see him him as the the Virgil of twenty thirty. <laughs> All right. Well, I hate to say this, but uh, we have officially run out of time. Oh, Stephen, I want to. I, I, I ran my mouth. <laughs> No, no, that's fine. I expected this show to go over. But, uh, Stephen, I want to yeah, thank you I, very much for joining the show. 
And by the way, John Cena and uh, Nikki Bella over Ms. Marks. Just all that out there. All right. And Shane over AJ because Shane McMahon is, well, Shane McMahon is gone. <laughs> all right. Sorry, I had to get my last few things there. No problem. I'll, uh, just a quick note, uh, I will be back here on the No Holds Barred Radio Network tomorrow night after the season finale of The Walking Dead for the next installment of the Armageddon show discussing season seven. So, uh, yeah, I know Chris is looking oh, forward to that. Oh, hell neither. All right. And, uh, of course, Saturday I will be back with uh, the Indie Asylum and then back here next next week on Outlaw Radio. And Chris, you want to go ahead and plug your show? Ah, oh, crickets. <laughs> well, he will be back. Well, let, let, let me he fill will... in for Chris. Chris has one of the best shows I've ever heard. I love the mix he does with, with the rock music and, and the interesting stories that he tells. Awesome fucking show. You guys definitely need to turn into Christmas shows. And you definitely need to turn into Badlands every single week. Can't because I pulled the plug on that one. (laughs) Well, I was in the point of view, damn it. Anyway, but Chris will be back uh, Friday on Rockin' Waves with the uh, Friday Night Renegade show. Uh, we're going to end the show off with Mr. Sadist by Archangela. They're a band out of New Orleans, uh, or somewhere in Louisiana. I can't, be- I can't remember if they're uh, New Orleans or Baton Rouge. And with that said, good night, everybody. I've got one last question I want to ask for everyone. If you had yeah. a wrestling intro song and send this to the to the Badlands page or um, the Rock and Wave page, what would be your wrestling intro song? Throw that out there for Billy and everybody, and so they can play it for you guys. Uh, Chris actually had some uh, obligations. Uh, oh, okay. he, he, yeah, he had he had a phone call. He had to run. He had to run off. So that's that's what he just told me. So I plugged my, the up right mine. Mine, by the way, would be uh, Lib Biscuit. Uh, I've actually got a choice of about fifteen, but mine would have been Limp Biscuit, my way. There you go. That or Sinatra, well, my way. Yeah. All right. Well, time to call it a night, everybody. So, Be back next week right here on the No Holds Barred Radio Network. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's where you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to go piss up a rope. We give our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what?
I hear you. You're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah, blah drink in a can or bottle. One that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all-natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning-after-sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Yeah, we love presented by Bud Light. America's biggest Memorial Day party returns to rock you with Def Leppard. Soundgarden. The Offspring. 
Stone Sour. Rocklahoma, May 26, 27th, and 28th in Fire, Oklahoma, with performances by Caesar, Three Days Grace, The Cult, Skillet, Rat, Jackal, The Pretty Reckless, and many, many more. 75 bands on four stages, plus the best camping experience ever. Get all festival details at rocklahoma.com and get your tickets on sale now. America's biggest Memorial Day party, Rocklahoma, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Rock, presented by Bud Light and fueled by Monster Energy. Hi, it's the big voice guy, the one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio on the No Holds Barred Radio Network. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 773-572-7878. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Here I am, sitting on a porch, writing another song about Waylon Willie, David Allen Cole. You can't go wrong. Such great outlaw boys just like me. Man, can't you see? Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song. The outlaw song. Well, here I am, sitting on the floor. Wishing I was here with old George. We'd be strumming on the cold hard truth and he stopped loving her today. And I love to play. Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song. The outlaw song. Here I am with this old song About Waylon and Willie David Allen Coe Man in black and the possum George Jones 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.